Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. dive on in this morning. Um, If you can, go ahead and turn in your Bible to Romans 12. 12, this is the main uh, scripture that we have been dealing with. Our uh, series is full. So the first week of of this series, uh, Pastor Micah he started with talking about being full. And if some of you guys are looking like, I remember this table. Does anybody remember the table from the first week of the series? All right, we're going to bring it back this week, so be ready. But he talked about being full of the Spirit, that there's always a table that's available. Then we talked about joy and hope. And this week, I have the pleasure of speaking on a word that we all love so much, and that's the word patience. Everybody say patience. You guys love to be patient, don't you? You're all just so patient. When you're in that line at McDonald's and it's taken forever, you're like, I'm so patient. Or, you know, when you tell your kids to do something and you're like, put on your shoes and 12 minutes later, they don't even have pants on still. And you're like, I'm so patient. And that's why I say I've had a lot of practice in patience, and the Lord is still perfecting this within me. Uh, But this morning, we're not going to just be talking about being patient with people. This is something that is particular to this scripture. Romans 12, 12 says this. You guys should know it by now. Be joyful in hope, patient. Everybody say patient. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Uh huh. So today we're talking about patient in affliction. Now, if you've never heard me speak before, I've got something to tell you. I'm a little bit of a nerd, okay? I love word studies. I love to know context of scripture. If you've been in any of our ladies' Bible studies, then you know I like to get a little nerdy. So are you guys ready to get a little nerdy with me? Okay, because when we're talking about patient in affliction, we want to make sure that first of all, we know this very, very hard truth, and that is this. Did you know that there's going to be affliction in your life? You guys are like, yeah, I knew that. I'm, I'm experiencing it right now. Affliction. Now, there is a Greek word for affliction, and it's this. And it's, I'm going to spell it out for you. I should have put this up on the screen. Thleepsies. Uh, and it's spelled like this, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S, thleepsies. And when I, we're thinking of affliction, we are thinking about, man, something is just like bothering me. You know, I have this, this thing with my job. People are annoying me. Or maybe I just waited a little too long in the Starbucks line. That's our our idea. Like our modern view of affliction can sometimes be very, very vain. But the affliction that this is talking about in this scripture, this Greek word, it conveys this idea. And it's of being squeezed or placed under pressure or crushed beneath a weight. This is the type of affliction that the psalmist talks about when he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Are you guys feeling a little depressed yet? Because Peter, Peter also says, now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Has anyone ever had to deal with grief before? 
had to deal with some grief before. And even Jesus reminds us, in this world, you'll have tribulation. So here's the thing. If maybe you're a newer Christian or maybe uh, you just have sat under some bad teaching, uh, let me tell you this, that there will be tribulation. There will be trials that you have to go through. The world is not all sunshines and rainbows and butterflies, and it's not all beautiful all the time. But there's a reason why this is part of the scripture, this patient in affliction, because we know the affliction will come, but the question is, how will you handle it? What will you do when you feel that crushing weight, when you feel like the world is throwing everything it can possibly throw at you? What is God telling us to do right then and there? He's telling us this, be patient. Now, patience, there's two Greek words for patience, and they each mean something a little different, okay? There's macrothumeo, macrothumeo, and then there's hupomene. Those are fun words to say. Yeah, just let me say Hoover. It's not Hoover, it's Hoopo. You're like like a hippo almost. So Hoopomene. Now, macrothermia, that general, generally refers to patience with people, okay? So we're talking about that's the fruit of the spirit. That's when you want to be loving and kind even while you're suffering people. Uh-huh. But what we're talking about is this translation of this scripture right here in in uh, Romans 12, 12, that says this, hupomene, which means this, to remain, not recede or flee, to persevere under misfortunes and trials. And this is my favorite, to stand up under pressure. So we see that affliction means what? Crushing weight. But the patience that we're called to have is what? Standing up even when there is that crushing weight. And some of you are like, but how? But why? (laughs) How am I supposed to? If you've ever had that crushing weight of grief or despair, when you have woken up in the morning and thought, how can I possibly make it through the day? The first word that pops into your mind is probably not patience, right? You're probably not like, I'm ready to be patient today. I love trials. I love affliction. I love that there's an elephant sitting on my chest right now. That's what you guys are thinking, right? No, you're probably not. Yet, for some reason, God is still saying to us, listen, be joyful in hope. There's something coming. You can still be joyful even when you're going through this. There's still a reason to hope. Like Pastor Micah talked about last week, there's still a new hope that can arise. You can still be joyful. But guess what? While you're in the middle of it, you're going to have to try not to hurry through it. You're going to have to actually stand up under it. (laughs) I don't know about any of you, but whenever I am facing things, you know, they say that your fight or flight instinct kicks in. I'm, I'm a flight kind of person, okay? I'll be real honest with you. Um, I don't run, but I run when things get hard sometimes, okay? You're not going to catch me jogging down this street, um, but you might, if you're my husband, you know this very well, that when things get tough, my first instinct is burn it all down and run away. <laughs> Like, I am lighting the match. I am running away. I'm like, goodbye. I do not want to deal with this. I'm going to run away. 
And I think the reason for this is because I'm an action kind of person. Like, I want to be doing something at all times. And I think a lot of the women in here, you know what I mean. Like, we don't, we don't sit down, we're like vacuuming, and we're doing all the things while we're in the middle. And I say us women, but Pastor Mike, if you've heard him preach before, you know this man. He cleans, and he cooks, and he does all the things, and he serves us well. But I'm a person of action. Uh, when, we were, when we were talking about out there, uh, if you were here when we had the greenery wall, um, it was Micah and myself and Gabby, and we're standing there, and we're looking at it. And Micah and I, Micah had been talking for a while about taking the greenery wall down, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, let's just take it down right now. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just start ripping, <laughs> ripping the greenery wall down. And he's like, oh, so we're doing this right now. I'm like, yes. Yes, we're doing this right now. We're going to move forward. And I think a lot of us can, can be like that sometimes when we're dealing with things where we're like, we just want to, let's do something. Now, can I tell you the truth about what that meant for us? That meant that there were some holes that we had to patch. It didn't look pretty. After I decided that I was going to just start doing things myself, guess what? It, didn't, it wasn't pretty, and I had to call some people in to help because I I, you did not want me out there patching those holes. And the reason for the patience is this. We have to deal with things in the light of eternity. Right now, what we see is not all there is. Sometimes we get so selfish about things and we think like, this is all about me. (laughs) What I'm going through right now, what I'm dealing with is all that matters. And we think that it's the worst thing that could possibly happen to anyone. And listen, I'm not trying to discount what you're going through, okay? I'm not trying to say that things aren't hard. Things are hard sometimes. But what I'm saying is that you cannot get so focused on, well, this is what I'm going through, that you forget that what you're dealing with right now, it's nothing in comparison to the eternity that's coming. This, is, this life is but a vapor. It's so fleeting. And you will waste so much time if you're always trying to do things on your own and you're always trying to make it work out on your own. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and we're going to do verses 8 through 9. You guys might know this. We're talking about this crushing, crushing weight. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 says this, we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hard pressed on every side. Some of you have felt like the enemy is surrounding you, and you have felt like this is gonna, like this is it. I'm done. If one more thing happens, I'm done. But listen, you're not destroyed. The weight will not overtake you. And we're going to go down to verse 16. In that same chapter 4, it says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Turn to somebody and say, don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles. You hear that word, momentary. It's not going to last forever. It can't. It can't possibly last forever. Whatever you're going through, it can't. Momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that what far outweighs them all. So what do we do now? 
We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What you're looking at right now is temporary. It's just a moment. What I love is that 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, if you look at the title above it, my, my Bible said present weakness and resurrection life. There's present weakness. You're dealing with some, some present trouble, some present weakness, but there's resurrection life that's coming. Now, we're going to flip to Romans chapter 8 now. We're going to get all of our scripture reading in for the week. Just kidding. Y'all know that was a joke, right? Because <laughs> Pastor Micah told us that we couldn't just do that on Sundays. No, we know that day by day we need to be. That's why that, that verse says renew, we're renewed day by day. Every single day you've got to choose to renew your mind again to the truth. But Romans 8, we're going to go to verse 18. But first, Romans 8, the title of this one in my Bible is Present Suffering and Future Glory. Romans 8, 18 says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 24 says this, For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it, how? Patiently. We're waiting for that that breakthrough, for that moment of that release of the weight, but we wait for it patiently. But how? How How do we remain patient in times of affliction? This is what you have to do. You first of all have to remember the truth. You have to know the truth. You know, the book of Hebrews reminds us of this. By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, we have to remember that even when we are surrounded by trials, even when we are going through the fire, that our ultimate goal is not on how we can get out of it, but how God can perfect us in the middle of it. It's not about us getting a momentary satisfaction because we made it through, but it's for us to continuously look at the one who is truth, the one who brings us out of darkness and into his light. Jesus is not only the source of our strength. He is the perfect example of how you endure or how you persevere or have that patience through hardship. The Bible says this, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew that there was joy coming, that there was something that was on the other side of the pain and affliction that he was dealing with right then and there. There was something good that was coming, but even Jesus had to make sure his eyes were fixed on what was the truth. We have to renew our minds 
daily, some of us every single minute, every single time you feel the lie of the enemy arising to tell you something different. If the lie of the enemy is telling you you're always going to be sick, you're always going to be dealing with, with this, your family is always going to be like this, this drama is always going to be there, then that means every time that lie comes up, you have to take it in to captivity. You have to say, oh no, the truth is this. I'm renewing my mind to the truth that his word says I will not be crushed by this weight. That this is momentary. That this is fleeting. That this is just for now. But there is something coming that is greater. There is something coming that is greater. There is a fullness that I cannot even dare ask, dream, think, or imagine. That's how good he is. But if you get your eyes off of it, you will miss out. If you get your eyes off of the truth, you will miss out on the fullness. That word, that fullness of what he has for you. Now, does knowing the truth that we need to be patient and why we need to be patient, does that make it any easier to be patient? No. You can study being patient all day long, but you're actually going to have to put some things into action. And the enemy doesn't want you to put any of this into action. It's much better if he can get you to just lay down under the weight and just say, this is too much. Why should I even bother to get up and try something else? This is too much for me. He doesn't want you to make the decision, but you're going to have to put this into practice because our thought of patience is passive. We think that patience is we're sitting, we're sitting and just waiting like, out of the sky, he is going to just drop his blessings out on me. And, my, and we're like, oh, patience is just, we're just sitting here. We're just waiting. No, patience is actually very active. But our idea of activity is doing things the way that we want to do them. Our idea of patience is like, yeah, I'm going to be patient. But what patience actually means is I'm going to go around and I'm going to do all the things that I can do in the natural But what does it actually say about you? It means that you don't trust him. If you're always trying to work things out the way that you can work things out, that's not true patience. Because what you're saying is, God can't help me bear this pressure. So I've got to come and I've got to get some other things to help stand stand it up. Because, you know, what if he doesn't come through for me? Because what if this takes too long? What if I deal with this for longer than I want to deal with it? So we think we've got to help God. We don't have to help God. We just have to be faithful and obedient to God. So in the middle of our action, the actual action that we need to be doing is positioning ourselves to wait in patience. Now, you might be wondering, what does that mean, positioning ourselves to wait in patience? Well, you know, before we do that, I want want us to go back to Psalm 23. And if you were here, if you were here the first week of this message, you'll remember Pastor Micah 
quoting this scripture and reading it. And I want us to read it one more time because I, I want you to see something here. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You guys know this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Do you see that? He leads me. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He does what? He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What do we see there? When we put our faith and our trust in him, when we have this joyful hope and confident expectation, we can be led by him instead of trying to lead ourselves. So that even when we're going through the darkest of valley, we won't fear because he's there. And then verse 5, one of my favorite verses says this, You prepare a table before me. (laughs) In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. When he leads us, he leads us to good things. But some of us want to be in charge when we're in affliction. We want to take control of it, right? There's, there's like, sometimes there's like two different ways of looking at it. You want to take control or you want to run away. <laughs> but we have to allow ourselves to link hands with the Lord and let him lead us. Because here's the thing. If we are so busy running around... That means we're not in a position to sit at his table. We know that the table is there. The table is prepared for us. It's always there for us. That's how good he is. But we have to do that action, that positioning ourselves. What does that mean? (laughs) That means this. When God tells you to do something, you get in position to do it. Does that mean that God's going to do it right away? No. But if you're not even in position, if you're not even seated at his table, then you can't even begin to patiently wait. Has anybody, has anybody ever gone to, a, gone to a restaurant before and you, you go up and they're like, oh, it's going to be a 30 or 45 minute wait. And you're like, oh, I'm not waiting that long. So if you're like Pastor Mike and I, then what we do is we get in the car and we talk for 10 minutes about where else we're going to go, and then we drive for another 20 minutes to get to that other place, Mm -hmm. and then when we get to that place, guess what? There's still a wait. Yeah. Some of us are those people. (laughs) And then you realize, yeah, and Pastor Mike said, at least we're doing something, right? Because we've totally said that before. We're like, but at least we're doing something, right? But when we think about it, we're like, had we just sat and waited, we would have had what we wanted already. But no, we're like, uh, this, isn't, this isn't worth the wait. Let me tell you this. It's always worth the wait for what God wants to do for you. But we're like, no, no, no. We don't want to wait on what God has. We would rather, this is what we want. We're like... I, I just want the drive-through blessing, right? And you know what the drive-through blessing is? You're going to open it up, and they're going to get the order wrong. 
Do you know what I mean? When we're so busy, we want to pick it all out ourselves, and we're like, I don't need to wait on God. I can just do it my, on my own. I'm going to make this job happen. I'm going to make this relationship happen. The Lord has something so much better waiting on you, but you, but you don't want to wait on him. So instead, you want a little drive through blessing. You want to have, I wish this was Burger King because Pastor Micah said, you, I could have said, you can have it your way, right? But I hate Burger King. Hate it with a fiery burning passion. Will not go there. And we want the drive through blessing, right? We're like, I just want to, to have that thing right now. Meanwhile, we are spinning in circles. We are going around and around because we would rather make it happen the way that we want to happen instead of positioning in ourselves, instead of waiting for that moment, instead of actually getting to the table that he has for us. We know the table is there. We know what his promise is. Some, some of us have received prophetic words, but we're not even doing the first part of the word, but we want to see the, the fullness now. We're like, I, I don't want to have to actually, you know, move where I'm told to move or go where I'm told to go or say what I need to say, but somehow I want this all to just happen. You've got to position yourself. Position means this. We know that his table is ready for us. We know that he's got something for us, but we have to do the action he's called us to do. If he's told you to do it, you have to be obedient. So we've positioned ourselves. We've gotten under his protection. And let me tell you another reason why sometimes we want to do things in our own way. We talked about it's because we're afraid. We're, we're walking in fear. We're worried about what might happen. But let me tell you something about God. You know, when this psalm was written, it was customary that if you were a guest at someone's table... It was the host's job to protect you from any enemy. That was a very serious thing, that if an enemy was coming against you, if you were seated at that host's table, you were going to be protected. You're worried about sitting where he's told you to sit, about going where he's told you to go. But let me tell you, when you're positioned, when you're positioned correctly, he will protect you. When you are seated at his table, when you are doing, am I saying that the enemies aren't still going to come? You better believe they are. They're still going to come. They want to get you in the wrong place at the wrong time, but there is no place or wrong time when you're seated in his presence at his table. So get positioned. But the next thing you have to do, you got to get prepared. Because the table is, is there, and its provision is there, but some of y'all, and I say some of y'all, I've been there, well, I might be there right now, we don't know, we've got to prepare. We've got to actually get the plate out, okay? We've got to do like we're at one of those, um, at that juicy crab place, okay? You know, 
if you're, if you're preparing for blessing, all right, you got to prepare to get a little messy. You know, you got to stick it in your collar. <laughs> this, is my new, this is my new fashion statement. We've got to prepare. Some of us, we want the fullness, right? Like we want that, that marriage that we've always dreamed of. We want that job we've always dreamed of. But, <laughs> but we're seated at the table. You know, we're at, we're at our job, and we want, the, we want to be the boss, but we're not even prepared to receive it. Oh, we want to be rich so bad, but, <laughs> but we, don't, we don't want to be faithful with what we have now. We're not even prepared to receive what he has for us. We may be seated, but listen, time will go by regardless. That's not the kind of patience I'm talking about. That patience is you're, you're seated, but you're ready, and you're preparing. We're, we're doing all the faithful things we need to know. So we got where God told us to go. And in the meantime, while that thing that we're wanting so bad that, or maybe it's something that we're wanting taken off of our plate so we can have something else on it. While we're waiting for that, we need to be preparing. We've got to be surrounding ourselves with people who are going to encourage us. We've got to be reading our word. We have to prepare ourselves for what he has for us. Because let me tell you this. What he has is so much better than what we have thought. And God is the most gracious host. Look at my waiter over here. He's a wonderful waiter. Fresh food. <laughs> Thank you. We know the table is here. We have to position ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves because when the promise comes... We've got to be ready to receive it. It may not happen when you want it to happen. It may not happen how, how you want it to happen. But let me tell you, <laughs> if you're choosing whether to have it your way or to have what he has for you, You, and let me tell you, you, you can speed things up in your own mind. You can get that thing. If you want it bad enough, the enemy wants you to leave this table before you actually partake of this. He will convince you that doing it your own way, that you know what? Yeah, God has somebody for you who's going to respect you and honor you, who's going to want to come to church with you, and who's going to want to be in ministry with you, and who's going to do the right things. But you can instead decide, you know, I don't want to wait on that. <laughs> instead, I'm going to find the next person who will just give me just a little bit of what I need. What's the point of waiting Come on, you've come this far. You've waited this long. Don't get up from the table until you've partaken of what he has for you. Don't do it your own way. Don't stop too soon. Don't get up from what he has for you. Because while you're seated here, you're under protection. When you are patiently waiting, the enemy might be surrounding you on every side. But the King of Kings, the Lord of Hosts, 
He's looking out for you. And you know, this whole time I was sitting here, what was, it's been like 30 minutes that we've been here before Pastor Mike had brought out the food. And some of you feel like you've been sitting at the table for a long time. <laughs> and you're like, I've been waiting and I've been waiting. Lord, when is this going to happen? That's when that patience comes in. The patience that says, I will not give up just because it's hard. I won't stop just because things aren't going the way that I thought. Because in the background, what you don't see is that he's making all of this for you. You don't see it, but he is preparing for you a feast that you could not have even imagined. Because listen, if God had given you a menu and you got to order it yourself, you would have ordered the chicken tenders. Alexandra, we know. You would have ordered the chicken. But God's got better for you. He's got the full meal. It's, this is not a chicken nugget kind of meal that he has for you. So when you're busy, and I say busy waiting because remember you're busy preparing. When you are positioned and you are preparing, you are in the process of waiting patiently. Because what happens when you wait patiently you receive the promise. You receive the promise. I can be so honest with you all and say that there have been times in my life that I wanted so badly. I was like, God, can't this this thing just end? Like, I am so tired. I remember whenever God... I first felt God leading me to ministry. And I'll be honest, I had told Pastor Micah when we were teenagers, I was like, I do not want to do ministry. Like, I was very serious about this. I was like, I listen, I was very good at school. I made really good grades. I was president of every club you could possibly be president of. I was like, I'm going to be, I think I changed where I wanted to be. But every time it was, a, it was like, I want to make a lot of money. I was like, I want to be an anesthesiologist. I want to be a lawyer. You know, I had all of these really great, great plans. And then I remember... I remember when I had the conversation with Pastor Mike, I said, we were at Beef Brady's. Yep, and I'll forever live in my mind. And I remember I had been feeling God call me to ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like at the time I was doing um, nursery. But I remember telling him, you know, I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And I want to do this with you. And <laughs> if I would have done things my own way, because things were hard. It's hard when you feel like God's called you to something big and something of your own, but in the process, you've got to handle other people telling you what to do. <laughs> and you've got to handle just being faithful with the little, right? And you've got to just be patient and wait. And that was hard, and I wanted it to end. <laughs> and listen, it wasn't until I got comfortable. It wasn't until I got comfortable waiting and it wasn't until I really let him prepare me and I had to go through some really hard things. But if I had had it my way, I don't think that we would be here right now because if I had done it my way, who knows? <laughs> who knows where we would have been, what we would have done. If I had wanted things as fast as I had wanted them to, to be, I don't think I would have been prepared for all of you. 
But now I can stand confidently, not saying like, I've got it all together. And we listen, I still constantly am like, what are we doing? <laughs> I can't believe these people are trusting us to pass it on. But I'm confident because I know that we waited for God, that we waited for him. And listen, we've only had a taste. Like I only had a little bit of green beans so far. We haven't even made it into the protein yet. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever this affliction, this weight, this grief, this thing that you have been waiting on or waiting with. You might be feeling like, I've been sick for a long time. God, when, is it, when am I going to be healed? You might be thinking, I've been waiting on somebody to get saved. When are they going to get saved? Listen, you don't worry about making those things happen. <laughs> you just trust Him. You position yourself in a way where you say, you know what? It's worth fighting for. It's worth waiting for. It's worth being patient. Because when you are positioned and you are prepared in patience, that's when the promise is produced. How many of you want the promise in your life? Go ahead and stand on up to your feet. You know that song that I'm not in a hurry and I don't want to leave. There's a place at your table for me. Listen, don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry. There's still a place for you. And if you've been saying, well, I've been running around for a long time. Listen, the table is still here. And you might have been working it out in your own way and it may have felt like it's taken forever, but God's timing is not your timing. It's so much better. And, I've, and let me tell you, time goes by so much faster when you're positioned correctly, when you're waiting patiently. There is a grace that comes upon you to wait. So remember that his promises to you are yes and amen. You will not be crushed You'll be able to stand up under the pressure because you trust in him and wait patiently in faith. So we're patient in affliction today. I want to pray for you. Just go ahead and lift your hands all over this room. Father God, I just thank you right now for each and every person in this place, Lord. I just declare right now that there's a new encouragement that's coming to them, even an endurance and a perseverance to run the race and to not give up, God. I thank you that right now you're giving them an endurance, Lord, that even you're working within them a patience, God. I just declare right now that there is no attack of the enemy that will prevail, Lord. That now we're seated and we're positioned in the right place, God. I thank you that there's going to be just even an obedience that springs forth in our hearts to do what you've told us to do and to give us the courage and strength to wait on you, God. So I thank you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. I thank you that you're faithful to deliver the promise. I thank you that what we're going through is momentary and your pleasures are eternal life. So I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 Hallelujah.